Nick and Sondra. She stretched cat-like on the bed. He watched her with an amused eye. Are you going to haul yourself out of that bed, lazy bones, or do I have to come in and get you? It's late, even for a Sunday. She squealed, No, 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 Nick, I'm getting up, please, please, give me a minute. It was not ever a good thing to let Nick get her. Much better to drag herself out, no matter how tough it seemed. It was good to have this terrible wake-up artist reputation. It meant he only had to threaten, not actually do anything. Breakfast in half an hour. Be there, or I'll come and get you. No second chances, young lady. He sauntered out chortling, throwing his wicked little ultimatum over a careless shoulder. He got busy with the cornflakes, milk, eggs and toast he was handy in the kitchen. When Sondra came out, half an hour later, he had everything set to perfection. She hadn't, he noticed. She hadn't done her hair, and she was still in her fluffy slippers, but he could cut her some slack. They got set to chow down on the goods. Sondra had a good appetite for a tiny slip of a thing. They had the day together, just the two of them, and between forkfuls, they chalked out a plan. The museum in the morning, there was an exhibit he wanted to show her. A little while at the skating rink after that, he loved skating and Sondra tried it once. And then a late lunch, since they were having a late breakfast. There were plenty of choices, but he thought he knew which she'd like best. The place place, so she could feed the ducks. He'd already made a reservation for two on the restaurant deck, and if she decided on something else, they could always cancel it. But chances were, that's where she'd want to go. Later, she said, she needed a pair of jeans, so could they please go to the mall? And in payback for the museum, he agreed readily. The jeans were only the tip of the iceberg, he thought knowingly. The mall would swallow up the second half of the day. They could try bowling at the mall alley if they still had any energy. It looked like a plan. They agreed on an ETD, 20 minutes later at the front door, with whatever paraphernalia they each needed, lock and load. The breakfast seemed to have worked magic on her, for Sandra was at the front door ahead of schedule, ponytails swinging jauntily. He looked at her admiringly as she bounced out in her sneakers and baseball cap. Her jeans looked fine to him, but what did he know? They had a full day ahead of them, and he had great hopes for it. Better not to lock horns with a female on the subject of clothes. The Da Vinci exhibit proved to be a big success. She'd never heard of him, of course, and was absolutely transported. It was an exhibit of his scientific discoveries and the drawings of his calculator, helicopter, the armoured tanks and the water dikes simply mesmerised her. She had a wide-open, inquiring mind, soaking up new facts like a sponge, and he'd thought she'd love it. But one never really knows. She might have had a mind on those genes, or whatever they were a euphemism for, and it could have been a lost cause. She hung on to his arm excitedly, and they both read the little literature alongside each exhibit and then discussed it. 
they laughed as they tried to read the mirror script in his notebooks, scrawled in the faded, old-fashioned handwriting, and giving up, looked in the mirror and raced through it so easily. How can anyone possibly teach themselves to write like that when even reading it is so difficult, she gurgled. And writing with both hands at the same time on two different topics, that's just impossible. Is it really true, Nick? She questioned him, looking trustingly into his face. Well, he hadn't been there to know, had he? He teased her. But yeah, it was well documented. So however implausible, it was probably true. She just shook her head in amazement. She was thrilled with the whole exhibit going back to this display or that one and didn't want to leave the museum. He felt like the cock of the walk. Seeing her eagerness and excitement at this new subject, her quick absorption of the facts and the way she trusted him to know more, even when he so evidently didn't and was reading the captions along with her, just made his heart swell with happiness. They finally scuttled down the museum steps and raced across to the place place, not having time for the rink. She apologized to him prettily as she crumbled the bread rolls for the ducks and fish in the lake. We can go after lunch, can't we? The jeans can wait, there's plenty of time. She barraged him with questions about Da Vinci and he answered as quickly as he could Google them until finally their meal came and he called a time out so they could eat. As always, the food got her full attention. It was satisfying to watch her clean her plate to the last scrap when so many girls would pick and dab listlessly at their food. And where she put it was always a mystery, for she was thin and wiry and strong with not an inch of chub anywhere except her apple cheeks. But then she lived each day on full throttle till she dropped from exhaustion. And though waking up was always a struggle for her, once she was up, she'd be back in fifth gear in no time at all. She tucked into her knickerbocker glory with customary gusto, spooning fruit, ice cream and cubes of red jelly into her mouth, while he almost looked under the table to check if she had holes in her shoes. How could she tuck all that into her tiny frame? It was like a magic trick, in reverse. Not the top-hatted magician pulling yards and yards of ribbon out of an empty hand, but Sondra scooping tons and tons of food down the magic rabbit hole, or so it seemed, never to be seen again. It was an equally stunning performance. Almost exhausted from just watching her, he leaned back in his chair with a languid smile. She beamed at him over the rapidly emptying ice cream glass. Shall we go skating now? His booming laugh rippled over the lake, causing the ducks to almost jump out of the water. But she was serious. She meant it. Any other human would have needed an hour to recover. But this one had just tanked up her energy reserves and the skating rink was apparently beckoning her. He paid up the bill with a smile that spread through his body. He would never get to know this crazy creature. This fantastic day alone was just a start. They loped off to the rink 
and soon they were kitted out and venturing onto the big expanse. She clutched at his hand nervously, but listened carefully to his instructions and actually tried to follow them. In a few minutes, she'd got back the skills of her previous lesson and was feeling more confident. She sent him off for a few quick spins. She swore she liked to look at all the fancy steps and dips and twirls he did so she could know what were the things she wanted to learn. And in the meantime, she doggedly put one foot in front of the other and glide and another step and glide and on and on. He came back around and held her hands as she navigated the curves and cross and step and cross and step and cross and step and glide as he reversed along easily in front of her holding her trust safely in his two strong hands. It was a joy to teach her anything. He recognized the Henry Higginsness of it but he reveled in it nevertheless. I never had a single pratfall. She crowed as she unlaced her boots. Last time I fell three times. I'm going to be a champion and beat you at all the swirling, twirling stuff real soon, Nick. Just you wait and see. He gave her a little hug as they hustled out to the car and she leaned in happily. He just never anticipated they had have such a humdinger of a day. He'd been a bit nervous about spending the whole long day together. But Sandra was a superstar and she made him feel he couldn't put a foot wrong. At the mall, she insisted they find a parking spot under a light, though it was still daylight. It will be dark when we come out, she informed him sagely. And he felt grateful that she knew these simple ways to keep herself safe. But when she encouraged him to put a red sock from her backpack onto the radio antenna, he flatly refused. He told her she could photograph the number of the parking lot if she couldn't remember it, but the red sock was never going to happen on his watch, that he swore. She wailed over it, but finally agreed to take the photo since she was sure they'd never find the car in the parking lot otherwise. His assurances that he would, and always did, were of no avail. Whether it was that interchange that addled her, or just pure luck, the genes didn't take much time. Unlike any other female he knew from his grandma to his nieces, Sondra was back in just a short while clutching the single pair of jeans to the untutored eye exactly like the ones she was wearing. That remark earned him a withering look, of course, but then he should have known better than to say it aloud. He asked her if there was anything else she wanted, but she just tossed off a casual, no thanks, Nick, which knocked him sideways to say the very least. Such a big opening, and she just shrugged it off. That was simply awesome. She was a keeper, this girl. Just as well, he thought self-mockingly. He carried the bag for her and she tucked her soft hand into his as they strolled through the mall and he felt no end chuffed to be there with her. They decided against the bowling alley. She wanted a spaghetti dinner and agreed to a small side salad, 
but only if it was delicious. So they stopped off to pick up the ingredients before heading home. And she was properly awestruck when he marched her out of the mall and straight to the car without needing a photo or a red sock for help. In the kitchen, he made her help with the prep work, instructing her methodically at each step. They chatted as they worked, neither one even glancing at the TV, which flickered away silently in the background. They discussed how best to check the pasta, and threats of throwing some of it at the wall to see if it stuck were dismissed with mock glares. Sondra chomped away at the salad and pasta, admitting it was delicious, though she never actually said so. Her clean plate told its story. And finally, they were curled up on the couch, watching TV. She scooted over to his side, dragging her blanket with her, and laid her head on his arm. They were both silent. Suddenly, she bounced up, surprising him, knelt on the couch next to him and flung her arms around his neck, kissed him soundly on each cheek, and then settled back down cosily against him before he knew what was what. I'm not going to call you Nick anymore, she said in a firm, brooking, no-nonsense voice. From now on, I'm going to call you Dad. Is that okay? she asked, suddenly cautious. That's okay, Sondra, he said, choking out the words as his emotions almost overwhelmed him. In fact, it's very good indeed, and I think it will delight your mum too. Do you think so? Then we'll tell her tomorrow when she gets back, she announced merrily, and relaxed her body drowsily onto his arm. Good night, Sondra. Good night, Dad. <laughs>